When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com and welcome to the final episode of 2022. Really appreciate all of you that have been sticking around and catching this series all year. As you know, we I don't think we missed a week, 52 weeks. We've been doing it since 2018, and I've really enjoyed the time doing this show, and I think we've, we're never short on guests, we're never short on content, and on this episode today, I'm going to do a solo show once again, because I want to go ahead and discuss a few things that I think are on the outlook for 2023. Now that we're here, what are some of the trends, what are some of the things that are going to be looked at that we're going to be paying attention to especially on this program because it's always about the guests we bring on you know it's always people that will come on board that will be various experts of various fields and if there's something that fits a role that i want them to go and speak on then i'm going to use that opportunity to have them on the show talking about what they're currently doing but of course talk to current events because i think in that format just to go and encompass everything about what we're doing here there's a lot of great companies out there and it's not necessarily to me just to go to somebody as the go-to expert for anything in here in, in cannabis. Cause I just think there's a lot of good, smart, professional people in this industry that are doing the best to build their businesses, but also the rest of the industry needs to have a cognizant eye as to what certain things are going on. Listen, everyone wants to keep an eye on legalization. Sure. You want to keep an eye on, you know, will the safe banking act finally get to, be put up to a vote. We all ask about that. And as of late, we're still waiting for something. Uh, the latest news coming out as we wrap up the year, okay, from the Huffington Post, they report that Congress won't include any cannabis provisions in their year-end spending, spending package, the omnibus, omnibus bill that's coming out now, which is going to doom the chances of an overall of marijuana laws for the foreseeable future. So the lame duck session... As I expected, nothing for cannabis was going to be passed. And it's not as if uh, Senator Schumer was not making the attempts, nor were his fellow uh, policymakers. They were trying to make the effort. And so, aside from that, 
lawmakers couldn't even agree to include a modest anti-crime cannabis reform as part of a $1.7 trillion government funding bill set to pass this week. Now, reformers wanted to include a bipartisan measure allowing cannabis companies to open bank accounts. Currently, even if a business operates in a state with legal weed, most banks won't take the firm's deposits because marijuana remains illegal under federal law. And there were those and on the Republican side that opposed the banking provision, establishment Republicans, and going along, there was talk about what could be going on with the secure, the Safe Banking Act, and lamenting the exclusion from the funding bill, uh, Steve Daines, a senator from Montana, the lead Republican co-sponsor of the act, he actually put out a statement about this saying that, quote, communities in Montana and across our country will remain, will remain vulnerable to crime where legal businesses are forced to operate in all cash. Even with the American Bankers Association endorsing the bill in a letter last year, banks don't want to be caught in the conflict was between state and federal law. And with local communities encouraging them to bank cannabis businesses and federal law prohibiting it. So, for anyone that thought we were going to get to this point, at this point, let's not worry about a rush to legalization. Because if you want Congress to do it right, we don't want it to be modest. We want everything in it. And like everybody, like every other industry would want to. But unfortunately, that means more lobbying dollars need to be added in, more greasing the palms, more influence persuasion among policymakers to D.C., among all the lobbying arms that we have supporting the cannabis industry with support from Big Pharma, tobacco, and alcohol. They're all embedded in all this. But you want everything in, in one shot. And so safe banking, the thing was, do, were we all going to be happy with the fact that if safe banking which we already know comprehensively does work for what we need and is a great first start. If you're going to just have it where they just, where cannabis companies can just open bank accounts, but there's investment and financial services above and beyond, you know, what, what the limitations are because they were just trying to get something added in. Now it's one thing to try to go ahead and just add something into the bill, but it's not the safe banking act. There's a difference when the safe banking act, whether we're going to try to put it into the, National Defense Authorization Act spending earlier this year. That would have been fine, but you want everything intact. You want the SBA to be added in. You want it to be all in one shot. The same thing with the MORE Act or, or the CAOA, whatever's going to be that will be finally put to a vote so we can actually see something happen. These are the things that we have to think about and the fact that we already know that it's still going to take more time for implementation on top of that. Like, that's just be, if you need to go and figure out what your on-ramp is for all the MSOs that are out there, they're asking, okay, how much time before it's play ball for everybody? And it's an open field. We are free market. We are coast to coast. Couple of years at the least. Because one thing I think will happen is we're going to probably get a whole lot of stalling whole lot of gridlock for the next two years if, if anything was going to be done if you had it doesn't matter if it's republican controlled or democratically controlled either which way you got to have so many votes to get it all done and if it's not being done here you know it's and if it's not a priority 
because these two old parties, they're going to do what they're going to do. That's just what they're, they have many other things in priority above and beyond. Sure, they already know that cannabis is like, let's just put it like this. Cannabis is a sure thing for them. If they need to go and use it as a gimme for themselves in terms of revenue, for tax revenue for the country, for something that they're going to get for themselves from this, whether it's stock, uh, you know, early shots on like going and uh, investing in stocks, all that, sure. They're going to always have that in their back pocket. That's what it is. Cannabis legalization is in their back pocket. They can pull that out. The, vo- the, the bills are ready and they've gone through committee. Safe banking and, you know, the same thing can go with federal legalization. It's just what, when do they want to go and do it? But that's on their own time. And we're starting to realize it. It doesn't matter how much money that you're spending on them anyway, because cannabis as a whole, as an industry, doesn't make enough money or doesn't put out enough money in lobbying dollars to be able to go ahead and make Congress go above and beyond and finally go ahead and do what, you know, they can do, what they're capable of doing. But there's just too much party politics right now that gets in the way of anything getting signed. And, you know, they're all talking about this spending bill. Okay, so they can go and spend $1.7, million, $1.7 trillion, add to the national debt, and say, okay, well, where are you going to put that? Where, how are you going to go ahead and get that money back to pay for that? $1.7 trillion. There's no questions about that. Nobody's asking about that. I don't think there's anything being said. What about an 8,200-page bill? But that's just the way it is. You know, I guess I'm just very cynical my age. That's where I've gotten to be. When you want to look at where legalization's at now, make it a three to five year ramp, in my opinion. Listen, I am not, I don't hold a business here. I'm just a commentator. But that's where I look at things right now. Like if it were me looking at it, you would need to see after 2024 where the balance will change once again. The pendulums will swing because what'll happen is I think in 2024, however it works out, there will be once again a majority that will hold both Senate and House in 2024, I think. And I think that's the next chance, I think, where everything can kind of go into play. And that's not necessarily where the president needs to be one side or the other either, but more feasible, more agreeable. Until we get a Congress that is actually willing to go ahead and they can actually get together well enough to pass legislation, pass laws, and consistently pass laws. The Congress is ineffective. And cannabis is going to be held back as a result, ultimately. And that's one of the things that we've all kept talking about. It's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And we can keep thinking that. I mean, it's, it's the wishful thinking is that cautiously optimistic, right? Everybody has that thought process. But all I look like in reality, like if it was me trying to hedge a bet on this, I'd say three to five years, we would get to, maybe where we'll get to, we'll have passage of legalization in some way, shape or form. I don't know if safe banking could get pushed out first. But I think there's enough people out there that are not feeling so bad. It's just, even if it wasn't that, I always said to myself, 
if you can't get full legalization right now, you know, if it doesn't happen next three, five years, then lobby for something else. In my opinion, interstate commerce. States working within states. Having that option right there between adjoining states. There's 37 right now that are online for medical. And what is it, 13 or so for adult use? At this point, let's just open the doors to go ahead and let states work with each other. Allow, you know, crossing state bo- state borders, uh, state lines to be able to go ahead and transport and offer that way. Plus, then you have certain companies that can go ahead and not have to necessarily have a cultivation or a grow in that said state. They can just transport and they can send over, send over trucks, whatever they want to do. If it's going to help them, because they got to have to be able to have some place where they can go and continue to that. Or the other thing, too, is that need to be able to have the opportunity to export, just like Canada does. If they had those options, I'll tell you, I think if I, if I could tell MSO right now, if you had the option now, if you could go ahead right now and you already have your, you already have yourself set up where you can go in coast to coast, right? And if there are interlocking states that you could do interstate commerce with, plus the opportunity to import or export, that would be helpful. Plus the safe banking, some kind of financial relief, I think that would take in a much better direction. And I think it's much more possible than it would be waiting for full federal legalization. Until I see Congress really put themselves together where they could actually be effective as a whole, you know, thank you to the legislators that have made the effort. They've put the work in. They bought, they, they wrote the bills. They put it through committee. They've tried to continue to go and persuade and convince because they know the benefits and the advantage of it. They see it's working. There are enough people bipartisan in the Congress and both Senate and the House to make it happen. But they all have to get everybody else together. It's just so many people now to continue to persuade. And maybe not so much to persuade, but it's the matter of prioritize. And maybe they're just not ready to do that yet. Because if that chance was going to happen, there was, it could have been pretty easy to go and take care of that right there. But when we heard about the lame duck and we heard what they wanted to do because, oh, well, the change in Congress is going to come up. So the spending bill was more important and they had other things on their minds, but the spending bill right now, it's like only one more day left. I think it is before the session's done as I'm recording this on December 20th. And that's it. They go home for Christmas and cannabis will be left, you know, holding their hands out asking, Hey, what, what, what can you do for us? Help us here. And they can't do anything. That's a Christmas present lump of coal in their stocking. We're going to come back. Like I said, that's where I'm looking at my things. And I, I'll tell you what, I want all of you out there in the audience. You disagree with me, or if you feel like you might think that my thought, my thought processes are a little bit bold and they're a little bit out there, then you know what? I want you to email me. Emails brasco at cannabisradio.com, B-R-A-S-C-O at cannabisradio.com. I don't hold punches here. It's what I think. And if you all feel otherwise, I want to take a show just to take on your feedback and comment on it. And I would lo- And if there's anybody out there that wants to tell me otherwise, when wants to be on the program to discuss it, I mean, I'll even bring on a roundtable of companies 
if they want to come on and talk about it, because I'd love to talk about it. I'll be happy to. I'll open the invitation. You have my email address, brasco at cannabisrio.com. I highly implore you to do so. And we can have this conversation. It's open forum. And I hope you consider it. We're going to come on back. And there's a number of things we want to look at that we should pay attention to. So the Northeast, when you look at New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Connecticut's going to go online with adult use in January. We're going to look at what, see how that's going to all work out coming up. We're also going to look at where in Las Vegas, cannabis lounges, we've talked about that. We heard, you know, you heard the interview a couple of weeks ago and on the program I had with Christopher Laporte with Thrive and Vegas Reset, talking about cannabis lounges. They're all coming in. It's now, they're all going to start operating and coming online. We'll talk about that. And the other part I want to bring up too is psychedelics. Everyone needs to keep an eye on what psychedelics is doing right now. Because while cannabis is waiting in the wings to get themselves forward, I talked about this last year, but psychedelics has made quite a bunch of strides this year and things are moving forward. They just had recently Colorado just green lit coming up in January, decriminalizing psychedelics. California is now introducing their own legislation. They're, they've revived the bill to possibly decriminalize psychedelics in the state of California, which would be monster for that state. We got all that coming up here on Blunt Business. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Blunt Business, and we're doing our personal outlook for 2023. Some of the areas of interest in the industry that I'm going to keep my eye on, and I think you should all do as well. So in the meantime, New York, we started learning now that they're previously convicted, have started getting their first cannabis licenses. So social equity is, first and foremost, one of the things in New York State that everybody's been paying attention to in hopes that what they're going to do there is going to show the right path for social equity and social licensing to happen for those that were oppressed, disenfranchised, and not given a chance to have that seat at the table. They're getting their chance here. And will this be something where if New York can implement this and do such a really effective job, do other states now start trying to adopt some of the new things that have been done in New York? to put it in the states that have already established. 
or that it will be included in every state coming up that is still left to be greenlit adult use. So they put out, again, 150 licenses for the legal sale of cannabis to people and their relatives who have been convicted of offenses related to the drug, including selling. And part of it is legacy operators. They get also get a chance to also get licensing and that the licensing can be done where it can be affordable, where they can get the, the funding and the investment dollars to be able to do so and have the startup money to be able to get their businesses up and going. That's one thing that's very important there. And when it comes to New York, the city government in New York City, they expect the legal cannabis industry to generate $1.3 billion in sales as early as next year and between 19 and 24,000 jobs in three years. That's real money. And I already saw in New York, they already have shops that are opening up and their long lines are starting to get set up. You're seeing New York is going to get really popular. and we're going to hear a lot about it. And then on top of that, you may remember that what a change it will be for basically a decriminalization that comes out of this as well. In New York, a state report had estimated that there had been 800,000 arrests for cannabis possession in the past, in the past 20 years. In 2017, most arrested were black, 48%. Hispanics made up 38% of arrests. And they spoke with, in this article from Barron's, they talked to Tremaine Wright, chairwoman of the control board for New York's Office of Cannabis Management. She says, quote, prohibition denied people opportunities. It caused divestment in communities. It broke up families. Well, now tide is changing. And now there are other community leaders that say that there needs to be more education and more funding to continue that journey of social equity. A New York media outlet, New York Cannabis Insider, reported that the, there was a team that asked to raise $150 million from private investors for the state's $200 million fund to support retailers who had missed a key deadline set by the state. So a lot's being asked for. And now if you're in New York City, obviously you're seeing a lot of cannabis stores, a lot of cannabis retailers opening up storefronts. And they're all in the area. Remember we talked about this a while back with uh, Patrick Fox of Consistent Strategies, where things were going to be and you know how people felt about the market. Well, the market's in. And it was not going to take much time for a lot of storefronts to get occupied. So there's that part. Social equity will continue to be important. My thing is, are we going to see an implementation and, and a renewed interest, a renewed focus in social equity in all the other markets? That's the question I want to have answered. And we're going to find that out in Blunt Business this year, coming up in 2023. Because part of the thing too is, Forbes actually put out a story talking about that cannabis legalization reduces arrests more than decriminalization. And that adult use legalization associated a significant reduction in cannabis possession arrests among adults in legal cannabis states that already decriminalized cannabis before legalization. The decrease in arrests, although, were significantly higher in states that have shifted from, from criminalization to legalization without passing decriminalization so of those states as well that's part of the issue that needs to be talked about as well of the nine states that uh, that have already have adult use five legalized cannabis after decriminalization four legalized without prior decriminalization so that's part of the thing as well that in markets that have already been greenlit and their adult use 
there needs to continue to be a push for decriminalization alongside the legalization anyway. Why shouldn't it be that way? It's anti-productive, counterproductive to what is trying to be done here for the cannabis industry in various states. So New York, we know Connecticut is now online and in January, they'll be all set up to go. Other states are going the same way. So there's that to look forward to. Cannabis lounges in Vegas, in Nevada. So the Las Vegas Sun actually started talking about this. Clark County commissioners have voted on an ordinance allowing cannabis consumption lounges, well, cannabis consumption lounges to operate across the valley. And this comes after a vote by the state cannabis compliance board announcing it issued 40 prospective lounge licenses. And as we talked with Christopher Laporte about a few weeks ago, the first loungers are likely to open next year, possibly in the summer. And regulators said they hoped that the first lounge would open before the end of the year. And Christopher, by the way, was quoted in an article here by Las Vegas Sun. He made a point of and says, quote, we want a venue that's food and beverage, entertainment, nightlife, and cannabis. The way to make that happen is it has to be a dope spot with dope music and dope people where, yes, people can smoke dope. Our lounges are going to have a Las Vegas flair. And they're hoping to go ahead and make it where the lounges are really going to be not just because of a cannabis theme. It's just part of what's embedded and included. But there are lounges that are going to become popular because just like the same way where there's the major clubs that have resident DJs that do their residencies on an annual basis, they become hotspots. So the same thing could happen here as well. One other thing I think in the cannabis space we also keep, need to keep a look at, Forbes actually also talked about this too, was that more cannabis workers might be looking to push for unionization to break industry barriers. So bud tenders behind the counter, other cannabis workers might continue to look at unionization. So when you look at the market, when you look at the industry right now, estimated cannabis sales are expected to go up to $57 billion by 2030. We know that President Biden signed, uh, he signed the bipartisan legalization or legislation, excuse me, to advance federal cannabis research. That movement should prompt workers to unionize and it's starting to become more parallel. And that in this report, they talk about the calls for dispensary and cultivation workers have increased with wages, expanded benefits, the narrowing of gender and racial wage gaps and more. But while the inflation is going on right now, the, the job market might be strong, but Knowing we're pretty much in a, in a recession now when it comes to financially, will the companies be able to go and do anything to keep up with being able to go and hire or to keep staffing strong? If things happen where certain employees start getting dropped off or laid off now after the first of the year because where things are in the market, I mean, just to continue to keep their bottom lines up, especially if they're publicly traded. Somebody's employees are going to probably look at unionization that option will be out there and there'll be more enough organizations out there ready to help give these workers a picket sign to try to get themselves more money as a whole as a collective so unionization you can tell me if you think it's a good idea or not we're going to go back to commercial when we come back this is one of the things i continue to talk about it's not always the priority but back of my mind I think it's always important to keep an eye on this because there are certain cannabis companies that are delving somewhat and, in, you know, incorporating psychedelics or doing their own psychedelic wing of services or products, what might have you. 
but that's happening now and psychedelics possibly is going to get some real green lights coming up next year say if california decriminalizes psychedelics and that market opens up what does that mean for the cannabis industry there that's already been you know dealing with so many obstacles how many california cannabis companies have i spoken to on the program that katita had that issue of trying to go and make sure they can make the kind of money without being nickeled and dimed for every square foot of cultivation space every square foot of retail space and how much taxation has to be done on every product they sell all those things need to be considered we're going to talk about that after a short break rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business welcome back to blunt business on cannabisradio.com psychedelics there are various companies that are paying attention the spotlight needs to be kept on psychedelics as you know cannabis radio is also keeping an eye on things because of the fact that we have two shows now on the network psychedelic radio you got to meet Christina Thomas and Charles Patty, who host that program. And there's our Psychedelic Passage program. I'm going to work on trying to get the hosts on that program to join us on Blunt Business so we can also discuss things because they're working the journey and the actual process of going through the journey and going down the path, they're guides. In that sense, we're going to talk about that. Hopefully, we'll get them on, on the show. We'll talk about that and give you a heads up when we have them on. So, the American Medical Association put out a groundbreaking analysis recently that they expect that most states will legalize psychedelics by 2037. So the next 15 years, they expect it's going to happen. So in the findings, they found out this. There were various sources they looked at. 74 bills regarding psychedelics have been considered in half of the states across America. 69 legislative proposals, five ballot measures. Out of these, 10 bills were enacted while 32 remain inactive. And the majority of these reform measures focus on psilocybin, with MDMA being the second most mentioned substance. And that the researchers note that U.S. states have been swiftly, swiftly moving forward towards increased access to psychedelics. When Oregon did it a few years ago, it opened, picked the lock, opened the door for other states to fall suit. And the researchers also mentioned here that, quote, while early legislative efforts occurred in liberal states, the margin between liberal and conservative states has decreased over time. And although the difference wasn't significant, they suggested that psychedelic drug reform is becoming a bipartisan issue. And that most states will do it in between 2034 and 2037. I mean, it's, it's still a bit of a ramp to get there, but... That's going to be not necessarily competition, but it's going to come in and cannabis needs to realize that psychedelics will also have their place in the market for the kind of treatments that are out there that cannabis has also been able to be out there and provide. Cannabis now finally getting a chance to have more research will help them further their cause. Because remember, they've been having to go and be handicapped and strapped for funding for, you know, for resources to go ahead and do this research. So now you may, might have MIT and Stanford and, uh, you know, other major academic institutions finally getting a chance to do much more work with cannabis. But then you got the Johns Hopkins of the world and the Stanfords of the world that have been working on psychedelics for years. And a lot of 
great progress is being done. We've heard it all. Those are the kind of things you got to keep an eye on that we're getting somewhere. We're making it's a lot of progress being made. And so, like I said, most recently, Colorado just had put out measure 122, categorizing psilocybin and psilocin as natural medicine, opening the door for other psychedelic treatments. And now that implementation begins in 2023. And Oregon already had measure 109, legalizing therapeutic use of psilocybin mushrooms in 2020. So more states will follow suit very soon. And as we talked about, California has already reintroduced, like, uh, reintroduced a bill, already has several state senators and assembly members on board to it's called Senate Bill 58 to decriminalize the possession and personal use of certain psychedelic drugs. And the substances included in SB 58 is psilocybin, psilocin, a DMT, mescaline, excluding peyote, peyote, and ibogaine. And this could very well happen. It's the war on drugs. And the fact of the matter is that in California, they want to shatter that. All gone. Cannabis is already here. Same thing can happen for, for psychedelics. Keep an eye on that. We are going to do it here on the program. And as for that, that's going to conclude this year for Blunt Business in 2022. 2023 down the corner. We already have episodes ready to go, ready for you to start up in January. I hope all of you have a wonderful holiday season. Obviously, as this show runs, we'll be right at the start of the new year. Have a very happy new year. Enjoy yourselves. And no break in between. We're back next week, and we'll talk to you then. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.